You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The car feature. So we are talking cars now and we're talking at a time where pressure is mounting to release key vehicle history to consumers. The South African Motor, South African Motor Body Repairs Association, Sambra, um, has come out to say that they're quite concerned about the lack of information available in the market to consumers with regards to the status of a second-hand vehicle. And um, they're asking that vehicle history be made available so that secondhand buyers um, will have more information ahead of making that decision. Because we know it's a big purchase. It's a big purchase. And I'd love to hear from you about previous purchases that you have made um, of the status of that secondhand vehicle. Were you met with rude, shocking discoveries about the history of that car later on? What do you wish you had known Ahead of making that purchase for uh, purchase of that car, zero one one eight eight three zero seven zero two could have saved a lot of headaches. Let's hear from Richard Green, the national director at the South African Motor Body Repairs Association, on what they are asking for and the kind of problems or issues for consumers that this could help to prevent. But let's also hear from you on zero one one eight eight three zero seven zero two three one seven zero two for your SMSs and then your WhatsApps and your voice notes on zero seven two seven zero two. If ever you've made a purchase, a vehicle purchase, only to discover all sorts of shocking things about its status or what has been done to it previously. Richard, good afternoon. Hello, Azania. Hi, Richard. I hope you can hear me clearly. Yes, we can. Thanks for joining us. Um, So let's maybe really start with the current situation. What information is available to a buyer about a vehicle at the moment? Well, if it's a vehicle that has been written off previously, then nothing is available. Um, and that's simply put what we are asking insurers to make available. Because if it's the sequence of events is that if a vehicle is considered uh, uneconomical to repair, which is when it is written off, um, the common term used by insurers, yeah. then it is sold to by the insurer via a contract to a salvage yard. And in most cases as a Code 2 vehicle. Now, a Code 2 vehicle uh, is a used vehicle, so it can be bought by anyone on the salvage yard auction, and they can do with that vehicle as they please, sell it back into the the world of used cars as a used car Code 2 otherwise. Mm. So so the the problem is that if, if you and I, as unsuspecting consumers, go and look at a vehicle on a used car stand, we have no idea... There is absolutely no way that we can establish whether that vehicle has been previously written off or not. And so our request to the South African Insurance Association, to whom this information is sent by all South African insurers, is to make the VIN number, the VIN number, which is the unique number um, to every vehicle off the production line, available on an open website. Simply just the VIN number, because... When you and I go onto huge car stand, the one thing we can see is the VIN number. It's either on the dashboard or it's mm-hmm. on the license disc. On the license disc, So we can yeah. just put that into an open um, website and find out whether it's been previously written off or not and then make an informed decision about whether we still want to buy the vehicle or not. Yes. Um, just that. 
Yeah, we're taking calls, Richard, because this has been a problem in the past. Um, and we're taking calls and your WhatsApps, 0072-702-1702. So let's just take a listen because this does have consequences. We'll explore some of those, but here's a voice note. Hi, as I recently had a friend of mine uh, tell me that his boss was arrested purchasing a, after he purchased a secondhand vehicle, they had not, um, check to see whether the vehicle had been stolen but it was involved in a heist and they were locked up on a friday evening uh spent a frightful night in the cell um and were released there were two people in the car they arrested both and they were released the next day on fifteen thousand rands bail which is shocking because people who kill people and get out on one thousand rands bail so there's something seriously wrong with our justice system sure that that's shocking um so obviously he got the second hand car only to find when police stopped him that it had been involved in a, a criminal activity historically so there are uh, serious consequences i mean to have to fork out 15000 rand just to to secure bail um is is quite onerous so what are the consequences to a buyer if you end up with the car with such a problematic history well, unfortunately, it's it's in most cases far worse than fifteen thousand rand, because the the um, the vehicle has had damage that insurers consider uneconomical. In other words, it's a serious impact accident, and and the you know the cost of repairing it within the normal environment of motor body repair has been considered uneconomical. So the question, of course, is how can it suddenly become economical to repair it? And the only way that you can you can repair it is if you use poor standards, poor quality, or fast, or simply don't repair something. I mean, we have found things like foam rubber underneath the cover of an airbag hmm. um, on the steering wheel. So, so we've got very unscrupulous people um, operating out there, Zania, and uh, so people will buy the car. For, and I'll just give you an example of loss of value. Hmm. Um, they'll buy the car, finance it through one of the banks at the normal market value. Um, and then find out that it's been written off or, you know, somehow find out that there is serious damage to the chassis or some other internals of the car, and the market value of that vehicle can drop by 50 or 60%. So you've got a finance value of, let's say, 100 grand in a vehicle that's valued at 50. Um, and, uh, you know, anybody can work out what kind of problems you have after that. Yes. So um, this real value that you speak of, is this upon inspection or further investigation of uh, how that car has been rebuilt? So the, the market value is, uh, is normally something between trade and retail, which, yeah. is, which are values that are submitted commonly by used car dealers mm. into a system um, that so it you know, maintains that information. So, so it's accessed by anybody who has access to that system. Mm-hmm. And let's say it's midway between trade and retail. Uh, in these cases where the vehicles are sold as prior written off vehicles and fully repaired, they might even be sold at a slightly beneficial price. But so it won't be far off that. Um, but in essence, the vehicle shouldn't even be on the road. So mm-hmm. you know, let's say your finances, as I said earlier, now you get to the end of your period of finance, let's say you've paid the car off, um, and you find out that it's a prior written off vehicle. I mean, how, how do you not disclose that mm. to the next purchaser, you know, who you're selling it to? So it's, it's a massive issue, and, and it can be quite simply resolved. 
because you you know we we have to give this information to the purchasing clients so that they can make this informed decision. And withholding that information, in my view, makes the insurers liable. You know, uh, it, it really is something that can be done, and uh, and for some reason they just continue to refuse to do so. so. Let's hear from Sipo in Boxburg. Hi, Sipo. Hi, Azadia. Hi, uh, the guest. Um, I think uh, it would be a damn good idea. I don't know why insurance companies haven't done this before. Because, mm. uh, I mean, uh, this has very serious ramifications to the insurance company. If a car is not supposed to be on the road and it's been repaired in the backyard and put on the road, now how is that car can be, how, how, how does that car get insured uh, and, and at what price? Because then it's so dangerous. It shouldn't be on a road. And, and this thing should have been done long ago. In fact, it's obligatory for them to do this because you, you as the public need to know what you're buying and the insurance company also needs to know what they're insuring. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're not making this information available, basically, we, we don't know what sort of... I mean, the reason why they have so many accidents is probably just the very same reason. Mm. Yeah, as you say, this should have been done a long time ago because look at the consequences that it's uh, brought about. Um, so you also have a suggestion on VIN numbers, Sipo? Yeah, absolutely. Those VIN numbers should be published on a website and on an open website with the remarks that say uh, cars have been written off or either stolen and recovered or, or, or rebuilt so that you can make that informed decision. Mm. So, uh, so are the insurance companies also able to make that informed decision whether they want to insure the comp- that car or not. Mm. There are cars that are out there that shouldn't have been insured in the first place, or shall I say, they shouldn't be on the road at all. Mm-hmm. Eyes wide open. Yeah. You can make that decision eyes wide open. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you for that call, Sipo. Um, Sipo used the word obligatory, Richard. Um, from this picture that you've painted, doesn't sound like anybody has the obligation um, or responsibility, in fact, to tell you this history. What What is the status there? I'm sorry, the last bit I didn't hear. You, uh, the obligation on the part of the insurer. Were you saying is on you? I'm saying Sipo used the word that it should that it's obligatory for this information yes. to be shared. Um, but the situation suggests that it's, that's not the case. What is the uh, uh, status or the, the at the moment, what is the status around the responsibility that dealers carry, that insurers carry uh, around uh, the history of a car in terms of what they share? Well, look, I think we're working in a very digital age. So I think that we have to make or place the obligation at the insurer's doors, because that's where it starts. Um, now, what, what is currently happening is the insurers say that they write the vehicle offers uneconomical repair. They have a sale agreement with a salvage yard. And basically what they're doing is they're wiping their hands of that vehicle once they've sold it to the salvage yard. Now, I don't think that's correct. I don't think it's responsible. Um, so what ha- has to happen is they have to publish those VIN numbers uh, or alternatively code the vehicle as a code three. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and they will have, you know, I'm sure that you're going to give them the right of response. Uh, and I'd love to hear that interview. But the, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that it, it should be scrapped. Um, it should be recoded as a code three that is commonly recognized as a scrapped vehicle. And they should, um, you know, perhaps use them to, because a vehicle can have a front end and there can be nothing wrong with the back end. So you can use the blue lid and, the, you know, all the rear components. They should be harvesting those parts and perhaps using them in the repair process. You know, getting creative about the circumstance. At the moment, all they're doing is they're saying, well, it's not our problem. 
you know, and uh, and we just you know steadfastly refusing to to make the information available. Um, and and uh, you know, I'm I'm on record saying that it's going to be public pressure that will eventually force them to do so, um, because the you know people like Sipo are exposed mm-hmm. um, if they can't have access to that information. Yeah, uh, and, we've got. And, listen- and the exposure is not just small. I mean, it's massive fiscal loss potentially. Yeah. And, and, and safety. You know, a lot of these, in the latest uh, investigation, the dealer considered the vehicle and his words were a coffin on wheels. Mm. So it's not, it's not just a simple problem. It's, uh, it's something that can cause death, um, you know, in a, a secondary accident. Um, and the irony is, on here is that insurers reinsure these vehicles. I have a recent one where the bank, as you, you are aware, banks often also have insurance houses, yeah. and the same bank and and its insurer refinanced and insured a severely written vehicle. So we've got to stop it at the beginning. Yeah, that's the that's the answer to the problem. Let's hear from Lesego in four ways. Lesego, you also want to comment on secondhand vehicles and the information available about them. Yes, I think she just took the words out of my mouth. I think that it's insurers that actually create the secondary market. Because if they didn't put those cars up for sale as uh, vehicles for scrap, and they're saying they're economically uh, unrepairable, they should actually be, destroy, be destroying those cars um, such that they, they can't find their way back onto the market. That's the first thing. The second thing is what you, the, the, the point is just made again with the banks refinancing those cars and insurers. Um, I think that People who come short here are the consumers because now your car is involved in, a, in an accident and the insurer says, well, sorry, um, you've got suspended repair work that was done to your car. But you wouldn't have known you picked mm-hmm. up the car from uh, some, mm-hmm. you know, some dealership in Jersey. So I think I, I have to agree that the point lies squarely with the insurers and the banks because they do actually have that information and they should be sharing it. I fully agree with the gentleman. Yeah, so thank you for that call. Um, Richard, how does this then also um, get these cars, enable the use of these vehicles uh, by criminal syndicates? Well, they go and they purchase the vehicle at the salvage yard. Obviously, I mean, all criminals are well informed, as we know. So they, they know what the values or which, which vehicles, you know, carry a reasonably good market value. So they will target those, you know, the, the Toyota Buckies of the world, etc. But this happens you know, to all, all manner of vehicles. And then they have contacts within the motor body repair industry, or they themselves um, have backyard shops attached to their used car dealerships. Um, and they, they just patch it together. I've seen the most horrific uh, welding of chassis components. And, you know, it looks like grains knitting and, and, and would implode on a, on a you know, serious impact. Mm-hmm. Serious uh, impact. So, so it's guys who are just chasing the buck. Um, they have absolutely no regard for the safety of the people that they're selling the vehicles to. And one recent uh, used car dealer asked the client to bring the car back so that they could resell it and then reinvest her. Um, so, you know, this is it's we're not dealing with uh, with responsible people here or people who in any way care about the safety of you me and our our families. They just um, are willing to do whatever it takes to sell you a car. And just remember, a car can look pretty from the outside because we can paint the panels and make them look good. Mm-hmm. So on appearance, it looks fine, but it's what's underneath that that really can cause the, the major issues. Yeah. 
Um, absolutely. Let's just share some of the voice notes and the WhatsApps because this is an extensive experience um, that has happened to a number of our listeners from what I can gather. Uh, this one says, I bought a vehicle from a dealer um, and this is from a dealer in the net in a network. Um, and a month after buying the vehicle, the DSG gearbo- uh, gearbox uh, packed up. And upon investigation, I found that the car had a serious front crash. Unfortunately, I didn't succeed with the ombudsman or the dealer because they said I had signed. I spent 270,000 rand and after two years, I was offered 80,000 rand for the vehicle because of the accident damage. Oh, uh, quite an example of uh, the typical losses yes. that consumers end up suffering. Um, we have some yes. of your voice notes. Let's take a listen. Hi, Zane, MJ uh, in Pretoria. See, about uh, second-hand cars with the mechanical part, the engine and, uh, and so on, that I'm not much uh, worried about because one can always get uh, the history from the dealership. But what I'm always worried about, always skeptical about is the, the panel beating stuff because a lot of people rely on just looking at the car and see if the paints match. Mm. But uh, not all of us are able to, to catch that. If there can be a way of uh, getting the truth if the car was ever in an accident, documented evidence, I think that would be, would be better. I mean, Thanks. Absolutely. Um, this one doesn't seem to uh, be coming through, uh, Richard. So what do our listeners do? As you said, this can change as a result of public pressure. Look, I, I think I think the the uh, you know I think they should first of all take care of themselves. Number one, um, when you're doing business or buying a used car, buy it from somebody who has something to lose, and by that I mean from a branded um, dealership. I would. Um, that's simply you know the first line of defence because they have something to lose. So that if you find something um, untoward with a vehicle, you know after the fact. You can normally go back to a responsible dealer and get your money back because they would they would be concerned about losing you know brand value. But more importantly, what I'd like to mention, Azania, is that we rely on um, vehicle inspection reports from the likes of the AA and DECRA, and perhaps even a dealer. Mm. Now, dealers, DECRA, and AA are not motor body repairs, so motor body repairs are very very specific industry. So in my view, if I was buying a used car and I wasn't you know, in the position I am you know, of knowledge in terms of what happens in the industry, um, I would ask that that goes to a Sandra okay. member or a, a motor body repairer that is you know, highly skilled and who can put it up on a lift and inspect it properly. Mm. And as I always said, you know, say to the guys that phone in to me directly, if the seller the used car dealer wanting to sell the vehicle to you does not want to allow you to take the car to mm. and remember to check the motorbike repair, mm. then walk away because they've got something to hide. They've got something to hide, yeah. Richard, we're out of time, but thank you for raising this concern and hopefully the pressure that you're trying to bring um, will bear some sort of fruit because it doesn't sound like there's anything that would prohibit this. It's simple information about the VIN number and just a brief description of what kind of history this vehicle has. Um, That's Richard Green. The national, thank you, Richard, the national director at the South African Motor Body Repairers Association, demanding that more information be issued about a car and they're making this appeal to the South African Insurance Association.